Flashback on Never Letting Go On a scary day in September, I rented a car, all by myself like a grown-up. I drove into the Laurentians, just like a grown-up. I bought two bags of groceries, used the cabin's terribly equipped kitchen to create enough of a dinner to enjoy, just like a grown-ass woman. I couldn't be anything else. I was too scared. I found lakes. I drove to the lakes by myself, all alone. I stopped at a store and bought baby girl a tiara. I took her favorite stuffies along for the ride. But baby girl didn't come out of hiding. She was too scared. On that scary weekend in September, I looked myself in the mirror and I realized I liked what I saw. I bathed in the romantic bath for two. I lit candles for myself. I meditated on the question Mistress had asked me one month earlier. What would your life be like if you only had to answer to yourself? The spin-off question was, when you are 80, what do you want to look back on? I meditated. I cried. I looked deeply inside myself and I found me. Me was waiting where she had been all along. But it was a quieter, wiser, more reflective version of me that I found, one who could truly enjoy the sip of tea in the morning light. I found a version of me that I liked and I thought, I do not want to let her go. Baby girl cried and cried because yes, it hurt to stay, but she had loved so deeply and so fiercely. Time to turn some of that love toward yourself, I reminded her. Time to bathe yourself in love from people who know how to love you. She cried and cried through the long, cold winter. She cried because of a sense of duty so deep that it penetrated, shooting daggers of pain cascading through her body out of the simple fear of causing disappointment. Being a bad sub, a bad wife. I felt the poison of it tangled in my tummy, eating me alive. It was a battle. I was in a war zone. My opponent, service to the other. Me, self-respect. My opponent and I were suddenly, definitively incompatible. Myself won. She morphed, splitting and giving birth and splitting again, my identities coming clearer into focus as my old life drifted out of sight. Baby girl started to come back, but she was sad all the time. Mistress Me tried to care for her, but she wasn't strong yet. Thank God for Mommy. Thank God for Mistress. Thank God for Polly Twin Sister. Thank God for my dignity erupting volcanically from my spirit, reminding me of love, reminding me of friendship, food, drink, joy, nature. Thank God for bravery. It took a lot of bravery. That's because I was very, very scared. Before I managed to leave, I would escape to my office in the evenings. Like the character in Memento, I would write notes to myself. On those evenings, after long, painful days, when I finally had a moment to myself, I would meditate. Perhaps even orgasm quietly on the hardwood floor. Then, just for a moment, I would remember what reality was. I would write notes to myself so that in the morning I might remember. The note said, This is your life. You get to decide. 
If it hurts too much, you don't have to stay. I stayed until it hurt too much, and then I left. The day that I left followed a night that had been too long, with very little sleep and the thousandth emotional battering of the week. I had promised myself that if it had happened again, I would leave. I didn't want to waste Mistress's breath. She said it wasn't a waste, but I valued her breath. I would not be that person who asked for help, received the help, and then walked back into the pit of fire. I had named the pit of fire. Now it was his job to put it out. He tried, but he didn't know what it was to address a problem like this. So he hurt me again, and I left. The morning that was the last morning, I woke up in bed with him. With him, but alone. He was silent treating, treating in me for daring to say how I was feeling. It is the loneliest thing in the world to be alone when somebody lies beside you. I drank some tea that morning, dimly remembering my trip to the Laurentians, when I had remembered what confidence and selfhood felt like. Had that only been two weeks ago? It felt like years. I talked to him. Words were exchanged. I spoke my truth, and that made him angry. Why the fuck did you marry me then, he asked. You will not speak to me like that, I said icily, in a tone very different from the one that used to say, Yes, master, I'm a dumb slut who will do whatever you say. We stopped talking then, headed to separate computers. From my laptop, he messaged me, asking for a truce. What did a truce mean, I asked. That we sweep our problems under a rug once more, until something else happens and one of us, likely me, it's usually me, gets hurt? I don't know, was all he could respond. I'm going to leave, I said. It is the right thing for both of us. First I had to run a meeting because it was Monday and life was still life. Then I put one change of clothes in a bag. I took my laptop, bun buns. That's all that Mistress Me and Baby Girl really need. Some clothes, a laptop, and our blue plushie whom we love with our heart and soul. Those are the moments you never forget. The moments when you're on a bicycle headed toward the future with nothing to your name but the moment, but a backpack, your favorite stuffy, and an understanding that you have found yourself again, and that you will never, ever let yourself go again.